I know I've missed this. It's so fun. I was telling Heather, I was like, honestly, my favorite thing about the podcast is that I just get to like, it's an excuse every week to just talk to Aaron for several hours. <laughs> I, did you see that uh, post that uh, Living Grace shared on their podcast Instagram that was like a tweet? And it said, um, did you know that you can hang out with your friends without starting a podcast? And I replied, I was like, this is false. No such thing. This is not true. I've never heard this before, but okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, I guess. Podcasts are fun as hell. I'm having a great time. I was talking to Erin uh, Smith. Mm -hmm. Yesterday we worked together. And she was like, I was like, yeah, we're recording tomorrow. She's like, good. I need my fix. And I was like, oh, she's listened oh to all. Oh, my gosh. I think she missed the very last one. And she's going to catch up and watch it. But she's excited for more. She's been listening, like, loyally. That is so nice. She even said she's like, it got me to make Luke watch the movies with me. <laughs> <gasps> Fun. Wait. Luke had never seen the Twilight movie? That doesn't add up. I don't know if they had never seen them or or if Aaron just was like, we have to watch them, like just you know, for fun. For sure. I don't I don't know what the answer is, but it made me feel good. I was like, well, thank you for listening. And I can't wait for us to have new content for you. I'm so excited to have new episodes to put out. I know it like it I know I said this to you so many times, um, but <laughs> for our listeners. I just, it just really worked out this semester. Like I just really got away with a much lighter schedule because I'm not taking like a traditional um, class this semester. I just have way less homework and it, oh my God, it is so fucking nice. I like cannot even begin to tell you. Anyway, all that to say, um, I'm just really glad that we have this and we can keep doing it and I don't feel like overwhelmed by it at all like I think it's going to be really manageable it feels energizing for me me too it like gives me life yeah I'm like I have had a wild emotional day but here I am <laughs> just so happy and it's like this is the perfect thing there's nothing I'd rather be doing right now like, even coming in in like not very great spirits it's just like I love Aaron so much. I love talking about everything and just being silly. And I'm I'm just so grateful. I love you. I love you too. I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you. I already miss you so much. I've only been gone for like two weeks and I already miss you so much. Oh. Well, when I think about like the people I just like talk to the most, like hands down, it's like Jordan, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um my sister and you I think about all the <laughs> I think about the way we like talk on snapchat like I was just so tickled last night when we were snapping each other back and forth <laughs> and I didn't open your response until this morning and I was just laughing my ass off like it was so funny to me like these fragmented conversations but it's nice because then you can like talk kind of on and off all day I like it yeah no I love it oh <laughs> Aaron, I am just in my feelings today oh my god me too yay I'm so excited yay we are back we are back after that a movie. long long break that movie. That was silly. That was a silly movie. 
it was so silly. I I understand the Mina <sighs> thirst. Like, I get it. She's hot. Yeah. While I was watching it, I felt kind of bad for her, though. Yeah. Are they trying to set up a romance with? Because at first I thought they were trying to set one up with Sean Connery. Because mm-hmm. there was, like, that weird scene in the car. And I was yeah. like, he's, like, he's, like, 30 years older than her at least. Like, and then, obviously, she hooked up with Dorian Gray. But then also, Mr. Hyde was, like, in love with her. And also, the, like, young American boy. There was, like, some, like, literally, you're so right. Every single character. Yeah. Well, and, like, just all of the comments they made about her, too, were, mm-hmm. all. I mean, obviously, she was, like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, like, ate people and showed them all up anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was I was sad, especially when at the spoiler alerts for a League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen, <laughs> which is the film we're talking about. Yeah, by the way, because <laughs> we haven't said it. Gabby and I both watched the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, citing all the way back to our very first episode. The vampire Mina in that movie was a uh, very important to Gabby and her. <laughs> Discovery of hot vampires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's chewing toast. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mute just so you all don't hear me chew because I know some people just can't deal with that. This is not an ASMR channel. If you are coming here to hear Gabby's chewing noises, you will be sorely disappointed. Yeah, that's for only mm-hmm. fans. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the end when Dor- dorian stabs her in the stomach and what does he say he's like i was hoping i get to stick you again or something like nail that you i was nail hoping i get you. to nail you one more time yeah and i was like oh god I- then she showed him his picture and he like evaporated and i was like oh, thank god but yeah this is so shameful but i can recall because i've seen this movie once before probably around the time it came out when I was, like, a kid. Um, Mm. I definitely recall that, like, fight scene between Mina and Dorian Gray. And I remember being so horny for it. I was like, this is hot. Like, I am into this. I, yeah. They knew uh, what they were doing with that movie. Yeah, there was a point of view, and I was, I was there. No, I felt that way too. The tension. I actually mm-hmm. thought about you. I took a note on my phone that said, <laughs> tension, Aaron. <laughs> I do like, I like can... tension. They definitely had plenty of it in that. It, it was very titillating. Yeah. She's hot. <laughs> As an adult, I did not find it titillating. But I could remember being like what nine years old like just hitting puberty and being like whoa i like this like i'm tingly i am tingly (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah wild just a wild movie yeah there was a lot going on the more than anything, I was really offended and insulted by that ship. 
And the way it was like going through, okay, let me just give y'all some perspective. This film, if you've not seen it, it's like a league of extraordinary gentlemen from literature, pretty much, being assembled to fight crime, to fight a bad guy. And one of them is Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And in this film, he has a boat that is also a submarine that is like five times the length of the Titanic. And they're driving it through the goddamn canals of Venice. And I'm like, how are you turning this ship? How dumb do you think I am? That canal is not deep enough. What are you trying to pull? I was very upset. Aaron, I got to tell you, I am a no. dummy. I did not even think no. of that. <laughs> Literally. Okay. The only note I had about the ship was. <laughs> Let me see. I said. Damn, eat the rich. How much money did that boat cost? <laughs> uh, that too. That um, too. But now that I'm thinking about it, you're absolutely right. I did not even, I was like, of course it can. Like, I did not even question it. Did not I even question so it. I was so pissed off. When it like rose, the first time you see it, it like rises out of this harbor in, I think it's in Paris. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, This ship is so long. It is so deep. And that harbor is, like, probably nine feet deep. Like, don't fuck with me. There's no way. Yeah. Dumb ship. What was it? Nautilus? The the Nautilus. I think that's what it's called. Nautilus. Okay, literally the the only notes I wrote down for this movie. Um, granted, I was under the influence while I was watching it. So the yeah. first note I have is um, it's from like the first five minutes of the movie when um, this big crime happens. And everyone thinks it's England that has, like, like England <laughs> as a country has committed this crime. And then all of these newspaper articles are flying at the screen, like, all these headlines. And one of the headlines just says, in not all us. caps, not us, says Britain. No, 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 it's not us, says Germany. Oh, <laughs> right, it was Germany. Here, that makes no. it so much better. I took a note about that, too, because I thought it was so funny. It was like, not, don't look over here, not me. <laughs> wasn't us. At, that sucks that someone did me. that, but it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> and then the only other note I wrote down was I was trying to get a handle on Mina's vampire powers. And I wrote mm. out, she can go out during the day. She got turned on by her own blood. She flies. She can see her reflection and controls bats. And that's as far as I got. No. With my note taking. I I took, uh, let me see, the last note. Okay. So I was taking some more notes at the beginning and then I was like, okay, I can't watch this movie with my phone in my hand the whole time. Right. right. Um, I, I took a few. Okay. I just was like, this whole League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, they're literary Avengers, you know? 
Right. I was like, wow, this is just like gay. They're all going to fuck. When's it going to happen? I know, right? Just all of them. Like every, there was not just tension with Mina and Dorian, but like all the characters had moments of like, I was like, oh, are they going to kiss? Literally. Okay. This is terrible. And I'm exposing myself a little bit, but the whole like plot line with Sean Connery and the young American. (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) It was not like, oh, wow, a father-son dynamic. I was like, wow, Sean Connery's really obsessed with this, like, young, hot Yankee. Like, I think this is more than just a mentorship situation. Well, I – yes. I had the same same wavelength. I – when I was watching, was like – they had – they both got one of these moments where they're, like – close and personal like joking with the other like oh i have to save you all the time mm-hmm. um, like you should be more careful <laughs> and, <laughs> and then on the boat when there's this scene where they're on the boat and sean connery is like in the context of this story he is a um a hunter like a really good hunter i don't really know good guy can use a gun cool he's alan quartermain gabby come on obviously i don't know what story that's from i don't know either i think i just know that his whole his background is just like a whole white savior thing yep Mm -hmm. i noted that i was like okay we got the old sexist white savior man so sexist awesome um what i was saying Oh, oh, the on the boat, tension. though. On the boat, yes. He's he's shooting, and he's doing the thing where they he goes, pull! And then they throw out the thing. The target, I think, is what you call it. I don't know. This, yeah. is, not my, this is not my sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's shooting. Then the kid comes up. When I say kid, he's an adult. Um, just compared to Sean Connery, he's very young. Yes. He, he comes out, and then he's like, wow, I'm going to shoot, too. And so they have this whole scene where Sean Connery is, like, training him with the, the gun. And he – it was giving me, like, a man goes up behind woman at golf course. Yes. You know, like, oh, let me guide you. Let me guide your arms. Because he literally fucking did that to the guy. He's like, oh, you like this. And he stands behind him. He pulls this thing. And he just, like, embraces him. And he's like, yes. Like, whispering in his ear, like, Yes, now you shoot, you blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you take as much time as you need. It was, like, it was literally like edging. He kept saying like, be patient, like, be patient. Like, not yet, not yet. Too not yet. soon. Yeah, too soon. I was like, this is straight up edging. That's what this is. This is like, mm-hmm, this is an age gap love. It was sexy. Yeah. It was, it was. Um... Yeah, and Dorian Gray had sexual tension with literally everyone. Yeah, his whole character was just like, I'm down, are you? (laughs) Pretty much. And something else that kept, like, holding me up was the guy who plays the villain. Um, He plays the Duke in Moulin Rouge. Do you know Moulin Rouge? Yes! (gasps) Yeah! Okay, I was that's like, where the do Duke. I know him from? I know, that's right? It, that's it. <gasps> yeah, I could not stop seeing him with that, like, little mustache being, like, 
I don't like this ending. Like, that's all I can fucking see in my head the whole time with his sweaty upper lip. Like, ugh. Oh my gosh. <gasps> I have like, oh, you just blew my mind. I have like a whole new perspective. <laughs> I am definitely that person when you watch a movie or a TV show with me. I'm the person who's like on IMDb the whole time being like, yeah, I know this exactly. person from exactly. somewhere. Who? What are they from? What do I know them from? Like, it is excruciating. I just constantly. I don't know why. It's a compulsion. I have That's to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Marley's dad does the same thing. Really? <laughs> Except he makes you, like, pause the movie or pause the oh. show. He's So he can tell you all. He's like, that person was also in this. And we're like, Shh, shut up, John. <laughs> no one. Is that the guy we saw in Jalapenos? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was random. He talked to me about it too, and I forgot. <laughs> I didn't forget that it happened, but I had no idea what he was talking about when he was first referencing it. He's like, you know, on Tuesday, because he was making jokes about Taco Tuesday, and I was like, yeah, today is Tuesday. What? He's like, no, you know, like last week on Taco Tuesday when jalapenos. And I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. Yes, I remember. Anyone? who is not from Bellingham or has not been to Bellingham, there is this restaurant called Jalapenos. It's a local chain. They have like four locations in Whatcom County and they make this margarita. It's called the big mama. And if you go on happy hour, it's only like $7, which is just, it's just unfathomable. And like, literally you drink one big mama and you are like almost drunk there is so much alcohol in this margarita and um yeah gabby and i have enjoyed many a big mama together over the years Mm -hmm. many too many to count that's aaron's legacy is like introducing every single person she meets to the big mama (laughs) i don't even know how i found out about it because like i feel like a lot of my bar knowledge in Bellingham came from my sibling because she like is older than me and lived in Bellingham too and she hates jalapenos like she hates it um so I don't even know how I first found out about it but once I did find out about it yeah literally everyone I met when they were all turning 21 I was like oh you're 21 now hmm I guess we should go get a drink together and then I'd take them to jalapenos and we would get wasted it was really fun it's like a cult. Yeah, yeah, a bit. And I do love a good cult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been watching so much Criminal Minds lately. Criminal Minds? Yeah, I just started my rewatch. <laughs> I didn't know For... you'd seen it before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, so Libby was really, really into Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. Same with Megan, freshman year. And so I watched it freshman year. Mm. And Bobby, you've seen everything. I'm a TV gal. Yeah. Yeah. You have seen everything. I really like shows. I got a little tickle. <laughs> She's getting choked up. Oh, God, I just love my stories. I just love my stories so much. Um, no, I do. And I'm like a serial rewatcher. I love to mm-hmm. rewatch things I've watched before. Love to watch new things. Love to watch tons of different genres. I just. I like TV. I like, I like it. <laughs> Have you watched The White Lotus yet? 
No, that's on my list. I haven't seen it either. I really want to watch it. What I always kind of have to do is watch a show that requires a lot of attention. And then after I kind of binge that and then maybe watch it a second time just because oftentimes I finish the last episode and I'm like, okay, well, I have to go back now and watch it all again, knowing the end so I can like find the Easter eggs Mm -hmm. um, or not, whatever. But um after that, I'm always like, okay, now I got to work on like a rewatch, like Grey's Anatomy or Criminal Minds or Broad, Broad City or something that is like, okay, I, now I can do this and it doesn't require like a ton of like new information or like attention and then I'm ready and like back, yes. back in place to watch something new. And I'm right on that cusp. <laughs> I just, I need like four more serial killers and then I'll be ready for White Lotus. <laughs> oh my god yeah i haven't watched it yet i've been oh my god jordan and i started watching um cowboy bebop which isn't an anime yeah from Mm -hmm. the 90s and he brought it up because he was like oh they're making i mean i'd heard of cowboy bebop before um and my old roommate and bestie kyle um, he was watching it when we lived together. So I would like see it on TV. Um, and all I really knew about it was I really liked the music because it's like really cool, like jazz music. Um, and I knew it was an anime. And yeah, Jordan was like, oh, hey, they're making a live action version of Cowboy Bebop. Like we should watch the original. It's only like 14 hours worth of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's like really good. I'm like 25 years late to the hype. But it, we were talking about the other day, it's like an, it doesn't have any of the tropes of anime. I don't know. It's just like really fucking good. So we've been watching that and um, I've just been watching like a ton of movies. I've been watching a bunch of Harry Potter movies um, and A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, obviously. Okay, I have a question for you. What? How do you feel about The Goblet of Fire, the movie? (gasps) Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. Well, for context, we have this group chat, and someone in the group chat the other day was talking about how Goblet of Fire is the worst movie in the entire franchise, and I was offended. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's my favorite! It's your favorite! favorite okay i don't know what it is but when i'm like craving harry potter i'm like i want goblet of fire even though i don't know what it is about it i think it's like it's like the warmth before like the the series gets so dark and like cold and or like uh, that one or prisoner of ass i don't know Mm -hmm. those two are for me i'm like i really like these ones even though like i have tons of like qualms about the goblet of fire movie but yes anyway your thoughts okay so i'm a huge harry potter fan um and i i have read the books many times seen the films many times um so i love the goblet of fire the book and the movie i found out recently i was listening to a podcast of someone reading the books for the first time and when they got to Goblet of Fire, he was like, oh, this is the one everyone hates. And I was like, what? 
I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And I guess, like, people don't like it because it's, like, the sports book because it's all these events. But I think it is, like, first of all, I personally think it's one of the most well-crafted, like, it has one of the most well-crafted mysteries in the book series because the whole time you're like who put his name in the goblet who did it and uh it's not someone you would ever guess right because you think he's dead you think barty crouch jr has died so you wouldn't like think it was him so i love the book i think it's great like yeah there's all the tasks and stuff but i like the tasks i think they're cool um Yeah, and just, like, the – you're so right, Gabby. It's, like, on the one hand, it still has, like, the warmth and the lightheartedness of the earlier books where it's, like, oh, just got to get through these tasks and the stakes are really high when he's about to do the tasks. But then he gets through it and everything's okay and he's safe again. And then you learn at the end, it's, like, oh, fuck. Everything is not okay. Like, everything that has happened is, like, a domino falling in this long line leading up to, like, this – horrifically traumatizing i i it's funny you ask me this because i literally just finished um re-listening to goblet of fire Mm -hmm. on audible Mm -hmm. um like like three days ago like i just finished listening to it and i was really struck in like those last couple chapters i was like harry has been completely and utterly traumatized oh yeah like that experience of like watching like he thinks he's like in this like this game, this task, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, oh, your friend is murdered, and this evil person who wants to torture and kill you that you thought was gone forever is back. Oh, And, like, he doesn't know he's going to make it out okay. He's in that graveyard, and he thinks he's going to die. Like, he literally says, like, I'm not going to face death, like, cowering behind this tombstone. I'm going to face it head on like my father. Oh my god, oh, I'm like getting emotional. I me too. So, it's like so it's so heart-wrenching. He's 14. Anyway. Okay, so I love the movie. Do I have problems with it? Of course I have problems with it. They basically erase they they erase a lot of the mystery of Barty Crouch Jr. Like they completely cut out the chapter where like he's under uh Veritaserum and confesses everything that happened. They completely cut out everything with like Winky the house elf, which is really important. The whole house elf. Yes, everything. Everything Mm -hmm. with the house elves. That's so sad. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they do a good job adapting it. And I was, um, yeah, I watched it like what night before last, like just like two days ago, I watched it. And, um, I what I love so much about it is I feel like I'm in school with them because there's all of these scenes like the scene where um McGonagall is like oh you're all gonna go to the Yule Ball it's a dance like here Ron come dance with me and then everyone's kind of like teasing him and then Uh there's the scene where they're trying to ask girls out and like George like when they're um Fred and George are there and one of them asks out Angelina Johnson like all of these tiny little scenes make me feel like I'm literally in Hogwarts with them, like in their little clique, having these conversations about school things. And I fucking love that. I just love yeah. it. Oh. oh, I love that too. Is is that the one? I can't remember if it's Goblet of Fire or if it's Order of the Phoenix. But I think it's Goblet of Fire where they have the um, the gummies 
in the movie. They have a gummy and like they eat it and then they make an animal sound. You know what I'm talking about? Is that in that That's one? Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, yeah. that makes sense because then they do the train and then it's like, and then it like, goes, and then it goes, out. um, it goes double, double, double toilet, toilet troubles. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Glad, glad we figured that out. <laughs> I love that scene. That scene where they eat the gummies and they make animal noises. I think is so awesome. I love <laughs> Ron's face. He's like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing this lion thing. That's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> okay. Wait. We have to rank. Harry Potter movies are least favorite to most favorite. Okay. Let me get a pen. I know. So, I need to like open up my notes app. I'm like, I just, oh, yeah. Who needs a pen when you have the internet? Yeah, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> that little smirk. Okay. I have to tell you, almost every single person I asked, I don't think almost, I think every single person I asked about the adjectives gave me like some variation of silly you are silly which is really important to your personality I don't see myself that way so when everyone said like silly like playful these things I was like okay I'll take it that's nice I just kind of (laughs) like perceived myself as a grumpy person um it's so funny how like differently we perceive ourselves just versus how other people see us I don't know I'm always struck by that yeah, I really I think you're. Uh, you I think you're a very silly, lighthearted, um, happy person. Yay! Thank you. Yeah, it really had me thinking about like, ooh, like inner versus outer world. Like, so interesting. Oh my god! Right. We talk about it for days. <laughs> I already know what my least favorite one is. Okay, should we start at least favorite? Yeah, uh, hold on. I'm not ready. Okay, wait, I definitely know my least favorite. It is, um, this is films. Okay, okay. My le- my least favorite movie is Order of the Phoenix. I think that's my least favorite movie, too. Kind of boring. That's how, it's, it's cold. It's the, fr- it's it's the first cold. time it's cold. It's like the coldest movie. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. No, it's just like everything about it is cold. And then, yeah, it's a lot of like. I do like Dumbledore's army. Oh, I do like. Um, okay, I feel like Umbridge is the best villain. Umbridge is the best villain, and Amalda, Amelda, Amelda Staunton. Is that her yes. name? Yeah, yeah. She is perfection. She's. In- I like perfection. That movie, that movie makes my blood boil. Yeah. When I when every time I watch it without fail. I do think that it's my apart from that, it's like my least favorite in terms of like just the main There's just something on. about it that like really falls flat. And I think the problem is that the book because it's maybe my favorite book. Um the book. Yeah, it's really good. And it's so much of it is like Harry's inner life. Oh my god, the inner versus outer world. Yes. Yes, exactly. And like a film is not necessarily going to be as successful at illustrating like a character's inner life as a book is. And I think they had a really hard time adapting that. And also it's the longest book. It's 800 pages and they just didn't have enough screen time 
yeah. to put everything in there. Yeah. I, um, sorry, I was about to say something and then I remembered the, the Deathly Hollows is, is two movies. I know. But with Order of the Phoenix, I also feel like Harry and Cho have like zero chemistry. Oh, yeah. Zero. And that kind of bothers me. I know. It's bad. Okay, I have my list. Oh, sorry. I was talking. I wasn't even thinking. About <laughs> okay. While you are organizing, I'm going to share my list. So from least favorite to favorite Harry Potter movies. Coming in at last for me is Order of the Phoenix. Next is Chamber of Secrets. Even though I love Kenneth Branagh as Gilderoy Lockhart, I think he's amazing. I don't know. It's just kind of boring. Um, next is Deathly Hallows Part 2. I just, like, I will never forgive them for that moment when Harry is like, let's end this how we started it, Tom, together. And then they dive off the ramparts and then their faces smushed together. Yeah, that was wild. So fucking stupid. And then when when Voldemort dies, he it's like this big grand like oh, he fades into like these like whatever. It's like this big moment. But in the book, and this is really important, it says that he dies with, like, a mundane finality, like, something like that. And it's supposed to be, like, he wanted to live forever. He wanted to be immortal. But at the end of the day, he died just like everyone else. Like, there was mm-hmm. nothing special about him. And I get why they did it, because it's a movie. You want it to be epic. Also, I will never forgive them for not including Harry repairing his wand with the Elder Wand. It would have taken one second. Oh, Yeah. It's always bugged me. And that feels like a really significant moment of closure that they just left out. I, I know. And of, and I didn't even think about that until now. Yeah, that would be so easy. It would be so nice. And like. Yeah. Could have done that. And he could have done that and then thrown it off the bridge. Come like, on. Like, it. W- yeah. Um. Okay. So after Deathly Hallows Part 2, I put Half-Blood Prince. I. I don't know. I don't love that book. I know it's a lot of people's favorite book. I do not love it, and I do not love the movie. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't hit for me. Um, getting into the ones that I really love, I put Sorcerer's Stone. I fucking love this movie. I love that they're all, like, little babies, and they're all terrible at acting and, like, overacting. And it's definitely a nostalgia thing, but I love that movie so much. Hmm. Then Goblet of Fire, then Deathly Hallows Part 1. It is by far the most loyal adaptation to the book. And then number one favorite movie is Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Okay. That's me. Yeah. Okay, this is hard. Because in my head, I have to remember that, like, I can still think these movies are good, even if in comparison, they're not totally. my favorite. Because I'm like, oh, but I do like that movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. It's like, well. <laughs> I love all these movies. <laughs> I watch them all, like, at least once a year. Okay. So my seventh, Order of the Phoenix, like we said, just kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not awesome. My sixth, or, okay, I guess my next highest one is Deathly Hallows Part 2. Mm-hmm. That's my like, you know, I don't like that one very much either. Yeah, I wish that I just 
it's hard to get like the entire climax of a series in just like one one movie. I know. Also, do you ever think about how like Deathly Hallows Part Two is literally the span of like twenty four hours? Yes, I think about I that all the time. I do. It feels like. I mean, I guess I don't know if I were writer. I don't know, like, how I would have done it differently. I don't know enough sure. about it to know, like, how to successfully adapt one behemoth of a book into two films. I, I just don't know how to do it. But mm-hmm. it was just – it was weird having just, like, so much build up in one movie and then the next just being, like, a complete and total, like, downward spiral. Right. I don't feel like it totally. had very many, like, peaks or things of its own. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There's not a lot of, like – yeah, exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then my next one was Half Blood Prince. Yeah, sorry. No, we're on. No, I. Sorry, that was because we're like on the same page. Oh, okay. No, Uh, I hate Half Blood Prince. Well, not hate. Hold on. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. You know. Yeah. Just it doesn't. I remember, like, I mean, again, I like the movie, but just in comparison, it's just. It's that it's similar to Order of the Phoenix, in that like. Just as at the tail end where things are kind of darker and grittier in the environment. It's it's just like it makes it a more intense viewing experience. Mm-hmm. I think that the movies that are a little warmer are like my heart likes them more. Yeah, I agree. Um, but then my next one was Deathly Hollows Part One. Mm. Um I even though everything is dark, I feel like that movie it still like holds the sp- I don't know i think it's, that the, it's warm it's like the darkest of times and i feel uh-huh. like there's so many little moments of like joy and just like love and like intimacy that the characters are all finding like within that and i really like it like i feel like it doesn't lose its warmth even though it's literally like the war is upon us like we are in we're at the, war the harry and hermione dancing scene oh. yes or no yes me too. Yes, it's yes. so good. I am so glad they added that in. It is necessary. I love that scene. It's, it's beautiful. Like, it makes me cry. Yes, yes, and I feel like it highlights the dynamics so I know. wonderfully. I feel like it demonstrates, like as silly as the locket is, you know, with like, but it it's a very clear like. I don't know. I feel like that scene is such a good like tool. It was so good for them to use, and it's so smart. Yeah. So yes to that scene. Yes, agreed. We are a pro Harry Hermione dancing podcast. Ah, do people have an issue with that scene? Some people hate it. Do you know why? It's like the um. I've heard that it's just like like stupid like it wasn't in the books it is a waste of time it doesn't add anything and i just could not disagree more oh people think it's like cringy i think it's like it literally like brings a tear to my eye i think it's beautiful yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i'm happy i'm happy that it's not just three hours of everyone being depressed the entire fucking time i know and that's what people do like when you're in a really traumatizing situation like you cling to any point of like joy any like tiny 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 iota of like warmth you just absolutely cling to that and i think it was so smart to to highlight that one tiny moment between them ah yes 
Well, then I have Chamber of Secrets. <gasps> um, getting up there. I really like, I still like Chamber of Secrets a lot. <laughs> I think it's so cute. I love It's really cute. What are, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> it's just, it's just cute. I like it, you know. It is. Um, I really like, I like the beginning of that movie. Like, I like all the lead in to them, to them getting to Hogwarts. I really like, I like yes. seeing the burrow. I like the them, burrow. like, like them freeing Harry. There's something about, like, I don't know about you. Okay, this is really weird. But when I'm watching that movie, I feel like I can, like, taste the burrow. Like, oh, my I, God. A hundred percent. I'm like, ooh, this scene just tastes good. Like, I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel like, oh, I'm, like, so warm and cozy and, like, loved. <laughs> I, I agree. Those first two movies are just, like, I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people, but they're really special to me because I can remember being, like, I don't know, seven or eight. And my sibling and I were like obsessed with Harry Potter. And at the time, those were the only two ones that were like out. And so mm. we just watched those two movies to death. Like we would just watch them at least once a month, I feel like, like just all the time. And so for me, it's definitely a nostalgia thing. And I know I put Chamber of Secrets like really low on my list, but like I still love all these movies. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I have Sorcerer's Stone. It's so That's good. my number three. I love Sorcerer's Stone. I just, it's so good. It's such a, it's a great introduction to everything. Okay, wait. I have a question. Wait, okay. I don't know if I should wait until I finish my list and then ask or if I should ask now. Finish your list and then ask. Okay. The okay. so third is Sorcerer's Stone. Second, <laughs> second, I have Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, um, I love that one. That's another so one. Good. Prisoner of Azkaban is another one where, as like dark as things are, I feel like I can just taste that movie. <laughs> like this is weird, but when he's flying on Buckbeak, <gasps> or I don't know, or the scene where they're like hiding behind the pumpkins. It's something about that movie, yes. I'm just like this movie makes me on the inside feel so good. For some it, reason. It's a very well-made film. Like, it's just good. Yeah, yeah. I love. I also just love the plot of that one. I love the time-turner. Right? I, like, I like everything. <laughs> I like it, too. It's definitely one of my favorite books, for sure. Okay, and then my number one was Goblet of Fire. But now I'm kind of like, maybe Azkaban and Goblet of Fire are kind of tied. <laughs> um, but I put Goblet of Fire as number one because it's just the one that I, I find myself craving. It's always the first one that I want to go back to. Even when I'm listening, sometimes I'll listen to Goblet of Fire and then I'll go back to book one and listen through the whole thing. Oh my God, same. It is definitely, of all of the audiobooks, my favorite audiobook. Yeah. I, I love it. And I love the sports. I love, I also like, I don't know. I don't understand why people would complain about that one being sporty when like Harry is obsessed with Quidditch in every single book. Well, Gabby, there's a big anti-Quidditch movement in the world. People who hate the Quidditch chapters. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's prevalent. Do you, how do you feel about the Quidditch chapters? I like, I like them. I think that, um... The way that the author 
uses them as a storytelling device because it's crafted in a way where it's like the drama of Harry's world and the relationships with the other characters like are a part of the Quidditch game because, you know, he's often playing against Malfoy or he's playing against Cho or whatever. But like the author like interweaves the drama of Harry's life into the Quidditch game. So I think it's smart in that regard. Um, I mean, I don't, it's not like I'm like, Ooh, yay. It's a Quidditch chapter, but it's, I don't hate them, but some people hate them. Interesting. I know. Interesting. I'm fine with them. I like them. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I, I'm to- I love rivalry. Like, yeah, let's get jazzed about it. I just love world building, like anything yeah. in the books that like helps illustrate. It's because I like grew up dreaming of going to Hogwarts, and so any little like inkling that I could hang on to of what it would be like to be there, like all of the moments that are outside of like the main plot that are just like them going to class and them being in the great hall. Like I live for that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like that stuff. Me too. Okay. My question <gasps> yeah. was, which Dumbledore do you like more? <gasps> That's such a good question. Uh, First two movie Dumbledores or last? I strongly Five, about six this. movies. Um, so, I think that movie one and two, Dumbledore, um, I think was perfect for those movies. And I think, I think it's Michael Gambon is his name, who comes in in, book, in movie three, is perfect for the rest of the series. That's how I feel about it. I know, again, like, I've heard that a lot of people hate um, – second Dumbledore like oh he's not like oh he's too abrasive like oh he he yells in Goblet of Fire when you know he's supposed to ask calmly like oh did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire I think that he is a man who is under a lot of pressure and I think he captures the wisdom the whimsy and the like the weight of everything that's happening in a really like honest and unique way. I like him a lot. I like both of them equally. I think that they are perfect for the films that they're in. Uh, I don't have a preference. Truly. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. What about you? I think I feel similarly. Hearing you talk about that. Because uh, I can't picture Dumbledore 2 being in the first few movies. And I don't think I would like Dumbledore 1 in the last ones. Right? Um. I, I very much agree that like uh, they're both really well suited for the material they're working with. Um, yeah. I think that um, Dumbledore two, like I can see why people don't like him because he is a little bit more like abrasive and a little bit more like, um, I guess spirited would be the word. And I think people want Dumbledore to be like this very almost like childlike character. And I just don't Mm. think that's right. I think that he is, I I mean, as we learn in book seven, like he is a tortured man and there's a lot and he's flawed. He's deeply flawed. And so, yeah, I just think that Dumbledore too, like really captured that energy. And I I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. No, I definitely like with him that you can always tell that there's like something cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I mean, I love because 
there is like as we find out again you know this like Dumbledore's known what was happening for a really long time I know um, oh. so it's like that he's had something cooking for years and years and years and so I really like seeing that spill over I think I I, I like it more who knows maybe the other actor would have like done that Mm-hmm. You know, as it was required, maybe he would have spilled over a little more. Yeah, I, I like I liked it, and I like the mystery of the first one. So, me too. Yeah, yeah, I like I, the scene that stands out to me most is when they're God, crap, I can't remember how to say. It. Is it the mirror of Ariset, or is <laughs> Ar- okay. Ariset with a D? Ariset. Okay, mm-hmm. that scene jumps out to me in particular. When he finds Harry I know. looking into the mirror, that scene like really stands out in my mind as like an amazing scene with that Dumbledore oh. one. I'm gonna have to learn his name. <laughs> I I know I want to say it's Richard Harris, but that could be really wrong. Okay, in that scene, the mirror of error said. I also I'm on I'm I'm in my Harry Potter uh like phase like every year mm-hmm. around this time I like reread and rewatch all the movies. Mm-hmm. Um so I just rewatched Sorcerer's Stone the other day too. And that scene when Harry finds the mirror and he goes, "Mom, dad, I fucking cried, man. That is sad shit. He's 11. He's a little baby boy seeing his mom and his dad for the first time like ever he's never even seen a fucking picture of them because he's been in this abusive ass household he's literally never even seen their picture but he knows them and like this little boy looking in this mirror that shows you your heart's desire and his heart's desire is just to have his fucking parents like Man, it gets me <laughs> so heartbreaking. It gets oh me. Oh my god! Right in my heart. Oh my god, Harry. That's something I love about. It's just love about Harry Potter, like the like the purity, you know, the innocence of these like kids yeah. who are just like dealing with these massive things. But like, it's just like that heart. Oh, yeah. It's oh like god. at his core. Like, what Harry wants more than anything is, like, a family. Like, unconditional love. Uh, uh, to belong. Also, he... the just really quick, the Dursleys are, like, they should be executed. They are so abusive. <gasps> huh? They're awful. Yeah. They're... Vernon says he's going to starve him for a week. That You could die. Like, you could kill him. Yeah. No, they're... Awful. They're evil. Awful. Awful people. Ugh. This is a Harry Potter podcast now. Yeah, I was, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't fucking care. It's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. Yes, we can. Ugh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck them. I'm mad at them. The Dursleys. Yeah. Yeah, they're bitches. <laughs> They are bitches, um, and yeah, I, although I do fucking love Fiona Shaw as an actor, the woman who plays, um, Aunt Petunia. Mm, yeah. I love her. Her little monologue like- in the first movie where she's like, 
She's like, of course we knew. How could we not know? My perfect sister. Like it's yeah, like the exact like little inflections and man, it gets stuck in my head. Oh my god, look how cute Willow is being. Oh, Missy, I wish I could scratch oh. that tummy. Look at her baby sit. Look at her little puppies. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, oh she is so cute. She is rolling. She. <laughs> oh my god she is being so cute she's rolling around on her back usually at night sadie comes and like lays on the bed with us and if sadie's on the bed willow will not come on the bed okay. um, and so i think she is like really relishing in the fact that sadie is like elsewhere right now i think sadie's on the couch or something but she is like bitch i'm on the bed <laughs> sadie's gonna jump up and bother her probably can we talk about Midnight Sun for a minute? Oh my god, yes! Yes! yes. Spill it. Wild! It's wild! It is fucked up. It is wild. So I'm so far, I'm only through the Port Angeles chapters. I've only read to catch up to where we are on the podcast. Oh, um, smart. But I, I can't say that I'm not going to like read ahead. No. But actually, I'm totally going to read ahead, and that'll be interesting, because then I'll read the podcast chapters, and we'll come on and be like, well, guess what? I know that Edward during this part was thinking this, and it made it so much creepier when I read Bella's perspective, because that's how I feel so far about all of it. I'm just like, oh, my God. It's so much easier to, like, pretend that Edward's an okay guy when you're not getting his inner monologue. I know. And then you have I his know. inner monologue. I mean – Okay, pretend he's an okay guy isn't. It, it's like easier for me to still kind of like. I don't know what I'm saying. The whole relationship is problematic, so it's not like oh, Extremely. this is a, this is a like love story, but it's easier to buy into that or to let yourself kind of buy mm -hmm. into that like part of the story. The suspension of disbelief. Exactly. Yeah, but then when you know exactly what he's thinking the whole time, it's like, ah, yeah, 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 terrifying, scary. Yeah. Scary, 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 scary man. He is, like, not okay. Oh, he's just... Okay. A murderer! I don't know! <laughs> the scene... The scene where... Okay, in Twilight, it's the scene where Bella is trying to, like, get her mind off Edward before she has the confrontation in Port Angeles, where she's like, I know you're a vampire... She goes home one day and, like, takes a blanket out onto her back lawn and is reading and then falls asleep. And Edward is in the fucking tree line watching her. Jesus. He's going to be, like, on Criminal Minds. <laughs> For real. He is going to be on a 48 Hours Mystery. Like... But there will be no mystery. Like, he did it. It is such an odd, like, I think it was just the perfect storm of, like, the time period when, I mean, let's face it, like, these kinds of tropes of, like, oh, stalking is, like, a hot form of affection or, like, overprotectiveness is, like, hot in, like, a dominant male. Like, yeah. it was a perfect marriage of those tropes being really popular and just, like, the time period. And also Stephanie Meyer being, like, very deeply disturbed. Like, that made this book happen. And, like, obviously we're, like, 
<laughs> dedicating a massive portion of this podcast to like rereading Twilight. So we like it, but you can like something and also be like, this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucked up. Oh my God. When I was talking to Heather about it today, <laughs> <laughs> she asked me, so uh, Heather is my voice teacher for people who are listening. <laughs> um, I had a voice lesson this morning. And at that lesson, she was asking me what I was going to do today. And I was like, well, I have a meeting with my bosses and then I have therapy and then I get to record with Erin. And I told her about the podcast and she's like, what do you talk about? And I was like, um, uh, we, (laughs) we talk about Twilight. Have you seen it or read it? And she was like, I got through like half of the first book and could not continue. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, they're bad, but we love them. <laughs> and so I told okay. her about everything we're doing. But... Did I send you that meme that was like, it was just someone being like, haha, Twilight sucks. And then the person responding was like someone who had never read the books and was like, yeah, I know. And then the person who said Twilight sucks was like mad. Like, wait, you can't say that because you haven't read the books. That is, like, how I feel. It's, like, I can say that Twilight sucks because I've read all of the books and seen all the movies. And I'm, like, yeah, it's stupid. Like, it's bad and it's, like, really problematic. But then if someone who hasn't read the books is, like, yeah, it's really bad. I'm, like, how dare you? Yeah. You're uneducated. That's what you are. How dare you? (laughs) Shut your ignorant mouth. (laughs) You speak on this. This is a joke. Kind of. Yeah, only a, like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I own all the books. I'm not giving SM any extra money. Um, so I feel no no guilt over it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I did have to repurchase them. So I unfortunately did give her some money. Wow, Gabby. How <laughs> dare you? You're in big trouble. Yeah. Oh, I'm did you like end the- up buying did you end up buying Evelyn Hugo? Oh, not yet. Maybe I'll go into Fairhaven tomorrow. Do it. I think I Did you finish tomorrow. Silver Flames? For some reason, yesterday when I was talking about how oh. I I don't know why I just said oh. Listeners, Silver Flames is the fifth book in the uh Akatar series, A Court of Thorns and Roses, and we're deep in it. Well, Aaron has finished it. I am deep in it. I'm almost done. With the last we are big. We are big fans of the Accord of Thorns and Roses series. Big yes. fans. Yes. So no, I have like 200 pages left. Okay. Um, but for some reason, yesterday I was like, I have no plans tomorrow, and my day today has been full. When you described know. your day, I was like, that's a busy day. Yeah, you're like, gonna finish it? No way. I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I was like, I'm only doing three things, but all three of those things are things that a lot yeah (laughs) and take a lot of time yeah um so no i have not finished it but oh i cannot wait to oh my gosh talk about it i know i can't wait to talk freely with you about like all my fan theories and (gasps) i gotta send you the bonus chapters when you're done yes you do i wish (sighs) i wish i was the kind of person who could read in the car i get so sick if i read anything in the car i'm so jealous of people who don't like, people Are who can be on, on their phones in the car, like... Oh, yeah. Are you leaving on Thursday morning? 
No, we're leaving tomorrow night. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to finish Silver Flame so you're not lugging around that, like, 600-page book with you. I just, yeah, I do. You're right. I mm-hmm. And I need to get Evelyn Hugo because I really want to read about <gasps> that. You're uh, going to like it. Can't wait. <gasps> okay. We haven't decided yet. What? What our giveaway <laughs> is going to be. But oh get, get stoked, listeners, because... Karen and I have some Twilight merch. Yes, we do. We're going to send to you. That's right. Big, big shout out to my dear, lovely friend, Riley McNabb. Is that? (laughs) My dear friend. My dear, close friend who I talk to like once a week. Uh, yes, her last name is McNabb. I'm like 99% sure. Riley, if you are listening, thank you so much. My dear friend Riley, when I visited um, Washington State a couple weeks ago, was like, gal, I have a present for you. And I was like, what? A present? And it is a, uh, it is a tote bag with the iconic Twilight movie poster print on it. The iconic Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, like, close up. You know the one I'm talking about. You know the one. Oh, Gabby's showing it on screen right now, and it is delectable. It is the screenshot on a black tote bag, and on the back, in... Fuck, I did not see this part when I saw it in person. On the back, in cursive, in white text, it says, And so the lion fell in love with the lamb twilight and (laughs) listeners we are gonna give this away to one of you so if you listened (gasps) wait is that part of it yes these are the journals oh my god and there are two journals there are two hard cover bound journals one of which has the eclipse cover on it and one of which has the breaking dawn cover on it listeners one of you will in this this goodie basket of merch if you listen this far into the podcast you are going to be rewarded because you can enter to win this tote bag with two journals stay tuned for um how to enter yourself in our yes. in our next episode <laughs> we'll come with our next episode we will open with how to enter and win our giveaway um yeah. you have to be in the United States. I'm going to say that now. Yeah, you do. Um, but yes, we will leave you instructions with how to enter the giveaway on our next episode. Um, and we'll open with it so that you don't have to listen for like two hours. To hear yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, just so everyone is caught up. So, so far, where are we at in the book? We've gotten through chapter 10. Was that we, our last? We just, so our last guest to discuss chapters was my sibling, Haley, right? Mm-hmm. And we discussed Port Angeles, the car ride home, and I think like the next day at school. So that's where we left off. Like, like the, 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 the cards are on the table. Bella knows Edward is a vampire. Edward knows that Bella knows. Yeah, it was chapter 8 through 10. Yes. 
Yeah. So we are, we are going to pick up and, um, you know, really get back into the, the chapters so that we can truck along and, and get through this damn book. I feel like we've been reading this book for months because we have been. Ah, uh, I mean, we could always <laughs> do, we could always do bigger, bigger chapter chunks. That's true. Yeah, we've got options. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. The world is our oyster. That's right. It is our oyster. It's our world and you're all just living in it. Yeah, yeah. And please keep sending in questions, comments, concerns, funny things, anything, anything. anything. Send, it, send it to us. We, we want to interact more with, with our audience, our faithful yes. listeners. Thank you so much for, for giving us your time. Yeah, thank you so much. We, as we stated earlier, like Gabby and I love doing this podcast. It's really just an excuse for us as besties to hang out talk about books, talk about vampires. Um, and the fact that like people actually listen is just like icing on the cake because we love attention. I think I can speak for both of us when I say that. Um, I I need to learn to be more like Aaron and admit like, (laughs) yeah, it's okay to like some attention, Gabby. Nothing wrong with that. Mm Mm-hmm. It is okay. It's, it's a practice, you know. I'm That's still at true. that place. I'm still at that place where I finally I'm like, okay, I actually think I do like the attention a bit, but I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love attention. Period. <laughs> the Aquarius. Yes, I love attention. Um, it's great. So thank you for listening. We. We really love doing this podcast and we're going to keep fucking doing it. So, yeah. Ah! Thanks for listening to our Harry Potter bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, let's talk about a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and then went into (laughs) Harry Potter. Well, A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen just did not have that much for me to like uh, analyze or discuss. Yeah, there's a vampire in Harry Potter. Sanguini? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the slug club party. Yes. Yes. Oh, Sanguini. Sanguini. <laughs> Shout out to Sanguini. Um, if you are listening, we would like to have you on the podcast. Please, please come on our podcast, Sanguini. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, we should probably say goodbye. Oh my god! We have to do heart staking! Oh my god, we do have to do heart staking! <gasps> we almost forgot. Stake us. Oh, okay, we both get a stake. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, you it. know that episode you know that episode of SpongeBob where Patrick is like my the inner workings of my mind are an enigma and then it like illustrates a thought bubble and it's a thought it's a carton of milk spilling <laughs> that is my brain right now trying to think of who i want to stake in the heart so please for the love of god go first go first yeah i'll go first okay so this week i had two different people touch me at work ew one of them was someone i know so while it took me by surprise, 
they're not the one I'm going to stake. Um, but this one customer grabbed my arm when I was ringing yeah. her up. And I'm going to stake her because, like, lady, I'm at my job. Don't. I'm at my place of work. You don't get to just, yeah. like, reach into the kitchen area and, like, grab and squeeze my arm. Like, that's no, 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 no. so – that's not okay. No, it's I'd, not. I would kind of echo this to the person that I know, too. It's like, dude, I'm working and you're coming up and, like, giving me a hug, like, from the side when – like I'm not ready for it or also like personal space. I'm not a touchy person, you know, really I'm not, but this, uh, this customer who was a total stranger, you steak, steak, steak. I can stop it. Stop it. Customer service. People are not here for you to squeeze and manhandle. And like, no, it's just inappropriate. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around like what makes you think that you can just like, no, she thought we were having a moment or something, and she's like, "Oh, ha, 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 ha. not like a romantic moment, but like, no, any kind of moment." Yeah. So I'm staking her. Also, I think that she actually was the parent of someone who I went to elementary school with. Oh, I feel weird. Like I recognized her eyes, and I was like, "You're Annika's mom, I think." Oh, this is Annika's a girl. This is a girl. Stop it. <laughs> this is a girl who was a couple years younger than I was. She was in my my siblings class, not mine, but. I was like, I think maybe I recognize you. Now I'm even more upset that you grabbed me because your child bullied my sibling. Yeah. Fuck you, Annika's mom. <laughs> oh, yes, wait. exactly. Stake, yeah. stake to the heart. Don't touch your customer. Don't touch your barista. Don't do it. Don't touch, like, anyone. Anybody. <laughs> yes. Don't touch people. Don't touch people unless they... Our game. Seriously. <laughs> um, okay, that's really good. The only <laughs> the only thing I can think of is um I think I have to stake all mosquitoes oh, in the fuck. world in the heart. I went to um I did this like job this summer where I was like helping write some material to help train doctors to have empathy uh because i guess they need to learn how to have empathy and um the project is done now my or my responsibility is done the project is nowhere near done but i am done with my portion of writing and my showrunner wanted to take me and the other two writers out to get a beer the other night and i went and we were out on this patio at this little brewery and I came home with Gabby. I am not fucking kidding you. I have at least like 12 mosquito bites and they're all like clustered in my like fucking like knee pit. <gasps> no. I have oh. like clusters in my knee pit. I have a cluster on the top of my foot. Ah. I have one. Oh, you can't see it. You can't see it. I have one on my hand. And I, the other night, I woke up in the middle of the night to scratch my mosquito bites because they were so unbearably oh itchy. My so God. I'm, I'm sure there's like something else that I could think of from the past like month that we've been away that is more deserving of my heart staking. But right now, the only thing I can think of is all these fucking mosquito bites I have 
and they're so itchy and they're like taking forever to heal because I can't stop scratching them. So all Ah. mosquitoes in the world, I will be staking you. And that means I will be curing malaria. So you can all thank me later. Ah, stake them, obliterate them. Yeah, I need them gone. I'm done. I I was really like happy I went camping this summer and I didn't get a single mosquito bite (gasps) while I was camping. Meanwhile, they were like feasting on my companions. Um, So sorry to them, but happy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. Yeah, but then I came home and I got like a ton of them. I'm just like hanging out by the fire outside and I was like, well, this is great. (laughs) Fuck mosquitoes. You're all going to die. By my yeah. hand. Yeah. You know, that's one of those things where it's just like, can't we just get rid of them? And then people are like, they serve a purpose in our ecosystem. And I'm like, okay, logically I understand. But tell me what. Tell me what it is. What is their yeah. purpose? I am – do do mosquitoes serve a purpose? I am Googling it right now. Uh, okay. While they can seem pointless and purely ir- irritating to us humans, mosquitoes – Ugh, do play a substantial role in the ecosystem. Mm. Mosquitoes form an important source of biomass in the food chain, serving as food for fish and larvae, or serving as food for fish as larvae, and for birds, bats, and frogs as adult flies. And some species are important. Po- okay. That sounds, that sounds like a mosquito wrote it. <laughs> Guys, mosquitoes are actually really important to the ecosystem, so we should, like, not kill them. have a really, really substantial mass in the food chain. Yeah, we're a substantial biomass. I mean, they're a substantial biomass. <laughs> Fuck mosquitoes. I don't care if you're biomass. I'm done with you. No, I hate them. Could do without for the rest of my life. Yeah. Amen. Anyway. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Yeah. So long, suckers. Keep your eyes filled for sexy, sparkling vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs>